Welcome to Human with Resources, the human side of innovation. I'm your host, Doug Sandler. If you're looking to foster, manage, measure, and celebrate innovation, you've come to the right place. Let's get started right now. Unusual is building a corporate innovation school to help people and organizations become extraordinary. And Unusual is serving organizations to go from conventional to exceptional, coaching people to innovate. For more information, check out Inusual.net as a professional community of innovative leaders and Inusual.com for the rest of our corporate services. Julie Charlstein is the president and CEO of Premier Dental Products Company, which develops, manufactures, and distributes innovative dental consumables and devices for the oral health professional worldwide. Proud to be running a family-owned business, Julie is the first woman of the fourth generation to lead the company, which was founded by her great-grandfather, Julius Charlstein, in 1913. As Premier's president and CEO, Julie was voted one of the top 25 most influential women in dentistry by Dental Products Report. Julie, welcome to Human with Resources. Hey, Doug. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. I'm excited. I'm happy to have you here, and I'm, I'm glad to have you here as a, as a woman leader of an organization that uses innovation to go beyond where traditionally a lot of organizations go. And I want to start here. How do you define innovation? Well, at, at Premier, as you mentioned, we, we develop and manufacture products for, for dentists, the products that people have in their mouths. Innovation is really, it's who we are at Premier. It's very exciting. And there are different ways to define it. There's iterative innovation. So things that are just kind of like one step off of things that exist. It could be a line extension. It could be, you know, almost even additional chemistries within a specific type of technology. Then there's transformative um, innovations. Products or technologies that have never been seen before. And at Premier, we try and look at the entire scope. So tell me why the dental industry may be ripe for innovation in an industry that may more oftentimes be thought as of as very conservative or not very innovative. Dental offices are actually like mini tech centers. There is so much technology, so much development, so much innovation that's happening there. If you just think of simple things like an x-ray used to be, you know, you had to have something in your mouth and the hygienist would bring a machine towards you. Now there are things like cone beam x-rays where you just stand up and a machine circles around your head. Uh, Very, you know, kind of a Battlestar Galactica type stuff. Um, But things like that exist in, in all of our dentist offices. So tell me as a leader, how do you foster or even teach innovation within an organization? Because I know that that must be more of a, a challenging thing to do in a, again, an environment that may not necessarily be known for innovation, but obviously innovation has been a part of the dental world and dental industry for decades. It's challenging, but also what a fantastic opportunity it is. Um, and the way that we foster innovation within Premier is it's a main element of what we call our pillars, our foundation. Um, and those pillars are deeply connected, meaningful innovation, standard setting solutions, and undeniably proven. So with that, it's really truly enmeshed in our culture because the way that we look at it is we're deeply connected. We have been in this business for over a century serving dentists and patients' needs. And because of that, we're able to bring meaningful innovation to the marketplace. And it's just who we are. We are inspired solutions for daily dentistry. I love the fact that you talk about those pillars. Can you, can you replay those pillars one more time so our community can hear them? One sure. More time? <laughs> yes. Uh, deeply connected, which again, 
talks about our legacy, but the legacy, which also in turn gives vision. And that vision delivers the second pillar, meaningful innovation. And that meaningful innovation, when and if we do it right, which thankfully happens often, (laughs) then becomes a standard setting solution. So things that the dentists and hygienists are reaching for on their trays day in and day out. And because of that, Premier is undeniably proven our fourth pillar. Is there any specific methodology that you use within your organization to encourage people to solve problems or to innovate? Yes, absolutely. We have we have something within Premier that we call NPR. It is not the radio station. Mm-hmm. It's um, new new product review, and this is something that happens monthly. And people from within and throughout the organization come. We look at pe- people bring different technology ideas, product ideas innovation ideas. And of course, it always starts with the patient's and dentist's needs. And then we look at those different elements that have been brought by people. And we have a whole system and metric by which we decide which products we should move forward, which we should do at a later time, or which we're going to to pass on. Do me a favor. Is it possible for you to maybe take a deeper dive into, it sounds like your organization, you set aside a specific time during the course of a month. You mentioned the word monthly. Is it a meeting? Is it a series of days? Is it a, is it a lesson plan? How do you set aside this time for innovation? What's it look like? Well, with, with NPR specifically, it is essentially an all-day meeting that happens monthly. Um, and that's when, again, different, different ideas and technologies are brought forth to a very large um, number of stakeholders within the organization. And then based on different things, our capabilities, market potential, the degree of innovation like we were talking about before, we ascertain what will move through, what will move through at a later time, and what will not. From a leader's perspective, What's the biggest innovation leadership challenge that you run into when leading an organization of that size? We're all, I'm always looking for more, right? Always looking for more and always want it to be delivered faster. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And I think as it relates specifically to Premier is we always want to be identified as a preferred partner within the industry. You were talking about kind of the, 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 conception of, of dentists is, you know, conservative and things like that. But the truth is dentists are innovators, they're scientists, they're entrepreneurs. So we want to bring that, we want to be their preferred partner for them to bring their ideas and their passions to us. So tell me in practice, how do you create a safe space for innovation? And again, a lot of industries, whether it's dental or any number of other uh, corporate climates, corporate industries that are out there, Creating a safe space is oftentimes difficult. Uh, employees within an organization, when bringing a new idea to leadership, they may feel uh, a little bit vulnerable to the ideas that leadership may not like the fact that they're thinking outside the box or thinking in an innovative way. So how do you practice creating a safe space for innovation within your team? Well, I think that's also, you know, it's definitely part of, it's part of the culture. Um, it's part of who we are. Um, and, and kind of just that knowledge. And again, because it's foundational to us and it's one of our main pillars, it's an understanding that it's really an expectation of what people should be doing and how we are delivering relevance and exciting and important technologies to the marketplace. 
I'm curious, just from the perspective of uh, an employee bringing an innovative idea or something, again, it's a little bit not down the proven path. Um, do they feel compelled to bring that information to you? Are they, are they motivated and dedicated to the organization to be able to bring that to you so they feel, again, it's a very safe environment for them to bring uh, an innovative idea to you? As you can tell from this interview, I am very delightful, not at all scary. Everyone is encouraged and um, Absolutely. Uh, it's, 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 it's appreciated. So no, it's not something where it's kind of, you know, this big, bad, scary potential. Um, and we've seen it because everyone in the organization sees that we're continuously launching new products. So the only way that that can happen is through fostering that sense of innovation and, and cultural you know, interconnectedness. I, I love the cultural interconnectedness because I think it's so essential in order for an organization to really have innovation as one of their uh, founding practices uh, for that for every team member to be feel safe, whether it's uh, frontline customer service, mid-level management, upper management, leadership, ownership, for everyone to feel that way. Do you feel like that is a uh, a top-down methodology, or has this been a methodology that started, uh, you know, was this something that even started 100 years ago in your great-grandfather's era? I think it probably was something that, that started then, and it's probably one of the things that has allowed us to be in business and do so successfully, serving the dentist and the patient for over 100 years. I think being able to have that sense of community and ownership is essential. And I think that that was developed then. My grandfather always says, always said, remember, a part of you belongs to Premier. And what an amazing gift that is. And everyone at Premier knows that adage and lives by it. So we're going to take a brief pause from our interview with Julie Charlstein and check out the unusual.com blog spotlight of the week. All of the information that we're sharing today, including the unusual spotlight of the week, will be available just a click away in the show notes. We'll be back in just a moment. Today's blog spotlight is on innovative leadership. Sometimes in order to avoid the discomfort of conflict, we don't take into account that it is necessary to actively participate in the dialogue when the goal is for a common good. In order to move forward in this search for consensus through dialogue, different tactics can be used. Actively participate. All members must feel that they are part of the conversation. Promote debate. Presenting a series of different ideas to discuss and evaluate encourages people to participate and to dialogue. Direct the conversation in a logical, sensible way. Be transparent when it comes to expressing ideas and points of view. Have the possibility to vote on the different opinions expressed. Be assertive when it comes to expressing your opinion on others' ideas. In other words, companies and teams of leaders must build a tolerant culture that celebrates and respects differences. The Unusual Blog Spotlight also shares a Harvard Business Review on the most effective teams of leaders that stand out. And for more information and details about today's Unusual.com Blog Spotlight, click the link in the show notes. And now back to our interview with Julie Charlstein. So Julie, are there any specific areas within an organization, specifically within your organization, that may be more prepped and excited about innovation? I think that actually, thankfully, the entire organization is excited and prepped by innovation because it affects all of us. When we're able to meet a patient's need, meet a dentist's need, and deliver a product to the marketplace, it makes us all better. It drives Premier's relevance in the marketplace, 
And it's a very important accomplishment and achievement for everyone from the PhD scientists that are really developing it to the product managers, to the people in the warehouse that are shipping it. Everyone is intimately involved and touches it at some point. So when we're speaking of ROI and the metrics or key performance indicators for innovation, are you able to measure innovation within your organization? Yeah, the innovation input, as you're saying, innovation output, as you were saying, is a very important key metric. And there are different ways to to measure it. Um, As it relates specifically to Premier, things that we look at are numbers of products that were brought to NPR that I talked about, Mm -hmm. number of products that have made it through NPR numbers of products that have launched, percent of revenue coming from new products. We have lots of different metrics that allow us to look at this very carefully. That's great. And when you hit one of those key metrics uh, and you are starting to see the ROI, is there something that you do? I think you probably are a pretty good party person. Is there something that you do to celebrate innovation? You know, there's all any any excuse to celebrate. We definitely do. And it's wonderful that innovation is foundational to that. So there are lots of things externally and internally that happen. So externally with a product launch, obviously, there are huge marketing campaigns that really are celebratory in their own right. And then internally, there are lots of communications and congratulations and applause and things like that, recognizing the efforts of everyone. Uh, what do you see as a challenge for an innovative leader such as yourself to inspire your team to innovate? Uh, oftentimes, uh, employees, staff members, they come from outside organizations to, to other companies, to your company specifically, um, and maybe they're not in the same position, so they kind of have to inherit the culture and become innovative leaders themselves, or they have to be inspired. So um, is, have you seen any challenges for you as the leader of your organization to inspire your team to innovate? Everyone always has great ideas, irrespective of your organization. Mm-hmm. And everyone always wants to be heard, irrespective of your organization. So Premier is not unique in that way. And when someone comes to Premier, they are pretty rapidly inculcated to the culture and mm-hmm. understand that this is something that is that is supported. So thankfully, it is not a challenge. If anything, you know, those NPR meetings go longer and longer because all of the because of all of the great ideas and research that is that is being brought to that to that forum. Yeah, speaking of which, what's the uh, what's the future of innovation within your organization? It sounds like you have uh, your NPR meetings that are that are uh, once a month. Do you see innovation being a part of the everyday activities and and formally brought to a different uh, a different plan, or do you like the idea of having these meetings once a month? Innovation, NPR is the formalization of innovation within Premier, but absolutely innovation should really be happening all of the time. Um, At Premier and in all businesses, I believe it's part of the evolutionary process. And it may not always be innovation in terms of a new product or a new technology. It could be a new approach to how we're doing our job or a different solution. So Innovation is happening all of the time in, in organic ways and in more formalized ways as well. So, and finally, if you were to advise other leaders as to the best practices uh, for innovation, what would you see as the common characteristics of an innovative leader such as yourself? If you were to put a mirror up to other leaders that are out there, what would you share with them as these are the characteristics of an innovative leader? Um, so be so have an ego here for a moment. <laughs> you. It's okay. I already 
told you how delightful I am. Doug. Yeah, I yeah, know yeah that's true. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I guess I would say that my my leadership style is reflective of the Ralph Waldo Emerson quote: "Be silly, be honest, be kind." And and for me, that applies to fostering performance, connectedness, like we talked about, innovation, and really fun. And for us, the premiere, fun is a very important element. And that also then comes to the level of comfort and expectations that people bring innovation forward. So that's how I like to lead. That's, that is terrific. And again, if you want to get more information about Julie and her company, premierdentalco.com, we'll make sure we put a, a link in the show notes so that you have access to that. Any final advice to those that are really just bumping into this show or finding this show as a way to, oh, I love the idea of being an innovative leader, or I just love the idea of innovation as a part of our methodology for our organization. What advice would you give to someone that would be listening to the show just about innovation in general and organizations? I guess I would say, don't be afraid. The worst that can happen is it doesn't work and you'll learn. I love it. Simple, great advice. <laughs> Great message, uh, Julie. Thank you so much for uh, for being on the show and for sharing your message and your inspiration as well. Thanks for being on Human with Resources. Thanks, Doug. I had a great time. Uh, we also invite you to click the links in the show notes. Uh, we have a Spanish version of this podcast hosted by someone else. I do not know Spanish, but check out the, the Spanish version <laughs> of this podcast at unusual.net as a professional community of innovative leaders and unusual.com for the rest of our corporate services. Thanks to Julie Charlstein for being on the show. All of our information, including the important links, will also be in the show notes. Until next time, thanks for tuning in to Human with Resources. is Doug Sandler. Thanks for listening to Human with Resources, the human side of innovation. If you like what you heard today, please take a moment and rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also, check out our website and important links from today's show in the show notes. Thanks for listening. See you right here next time on Human with Resources.